Hello and welcome to our show, Conversation with Priya, and I'm your host, Priya Mishra. Today, our guest is Trisha Chapman. Trisha Chapman is the founder of Impressive CV, turning task she once completed for non-native English-speaking friend within Middle East, where she lived herself for six years. Apply for job application into one of the fastest growing business within the region. Impressive CV was founded in 2017 and has since partnered with an array of recruitment agencies, including medical devices and pharmaceutical and the supplier of contract or on high staff. Prior to forming Impressive CV, Trisha has completed her master's of nursing practice, which is critical care, had, has worked with the Betkin Nixon as a clinical resource consultant supporting clinicians with the vascular access device management. Her passion to empower others to know how to differentiate themselves has driven her to upon this particular business. When not delivering workshop and helping job seekers, you'll find Trisha on the gym or drinking black coffee in her favorite cafe. She lives in Dubai, United Arab Emirates. So today, help me to welcome Trisha Chapman, the founder of Impressive CV. Hello and welcome Trisha. Thank you for joining in today and, and accepting my request. You are most welcome, Priya. It's my pleasure and honor to be on your channel today. Thank you so much. So, see, um, I know you are settled in UAE and um, you have been working very hard for a long, long time, especially this time period. You are helping a lot of people. How is it going and how this whole journey started? Yeah, well, it's a good question. So I've been in Dubai nearly coming on six years. Uh, I flew here actually as a registered nurse. Uh, I have my master's in critical care, intensive care nursing, and I worked uh, in a little town, I guess, or suburb, you could call it another emirate, uh, called Sharjah. And I was helping a lot of nurses and doctors uh, try to apply for a better job opportunity and, you know, help build their, their CVs and their resume. And then over time, I started working out, why am I doing this for free? I could turn this into a business model. Um, so I guess I did quite a lot of professional development. I sort of spent a lot of my time, uh, aside from nursing into business operations, learning the tips and tricks and how to get it up and going. And then, um, yeah. And ever since then, I guess I've just expanded the business model and, and helped hundreds, if not thousands of job applicants. Isn't it interesting when your passion becomes your profession and you keep loving every day, you you don't have to push yeah. your to come to the work. You just no, love it. Absolutely, Priya. And I think this is how you get a name for yourself. You know, when it starts to become a passion, you do it with, you sort of go above and beyond the price points. Mm -hmm. And then that's how you rapidly expand. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, as Jim Ryan always used to say, if you can't give the value, don't you don't have a business model, right? So it, it's all about value and value comes from within. You know, how, what else and how else you can give. So definitely absolutely yeah. absolutely and and i think also um it's it's difficult and it's certainly a learning curve for those who are not in business to have a business mind because when you're in the nature of helping and giving you generally go sort of above and beyond but then you, you start to realize you have to find out where's the fine line to, to business and and the commercial aspect um otherwise you just end up working 24 7 for free yeah yeah totally agree and especially in the service-based industry i mean like my industry i always discuss knowledge is the thing i'm selling right so when it comes to that knowledge-based industry when you are selling knowledge only people think oh it'll take two minutes to tell you thing but 
that's what I have. That's what I have the commodity to sell, right? We don't have off-the-shelf product to offer, right? Absolutely. And it's so hard, I guess, being, being here in, in an international market. I mean, I work with bank, people from Bangladesh, Pakistan, India, in the lower socioeconomic areas, trying to at least get a better start in Dubai. And then I also work with the European Western type culture who already have maybe a higher profile role. Um, so to, to try and explain that, it, you really have to ensure that your communication and your messaging is really clear. Yeah, yeah. And it's always happens like in, in, in professional industry, when you charge money for something, I have noticed many, many of my professional practices consultant, they always ask me that people always ask me, why do you charge when it is just few minutes job? And I remember the story. This is the question asked to Picasso and Picasso said that it is the 35 years it took me to make it in five minutes, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's true. But people don't get this. And it's the advice that they're paying for, actually, from yeah. your experience. Yes. And that's very important for every professional practices to remember and, you know, and value and proud it for. Right. I always encourage. Yes, we are helping. Yes, we want to help. At the same time, we have to help ourselves. Even God says that. Help yourself first. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, in that sense, if you choose, I mean, you have chosen Dubai, right? The business hub of the Middle East for lunch, your business. Any specific reason? No. Would you like to tell us more? Yeah. So I guess um, it is, it's fantastic. There's so many business opportunities. I mean, it's the hub of innovation here. And again, you're working with international audience, um, you know, working with uh, people from various backgrounds. And of course, the, the benefits of having tax-free environment, mm -hmm. um, it, it's always, it's always great. Uh, on that front. And, and I know when I'm going to be, uh, I'll be hit hard when moving back to Australia, that's for sure. You know, you'll forget about the, the salary brackets uh, of a tax country. But, um, but I guess I, I just originally, you know, moved here without the intention of business and now has just grown this way. And I guess now I've just reaped the benefits and even travel, you know, you could fly to Qatar, Oman for, for business meetings or workshop uh, in a day, you know, you can jump on a flight um, which is really great because certainly my home country in Australia, you know, you would you would know exactly to fly to Perth, for example, <laughs> you'd yeah. be flying to Europe almost in the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it, I mean, it's hard it, uh, traveling even within the country, but, you know, this is the beauty of having a kind of a sitting in a hub where you see the businesses are floating and, you know, Middle East kind of, an, uh, it is, Middle East is the name of Middle, like, you know, you, it's just kind of a middle of many places you can actually travel very easy and reach out Absolutely. to the larger audience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the UAE government over here has done a fantastic job with innovation, with new policies, fintech companies, uh, investing into, you know, sub-towns, sub um, universities have even skyrocketed. You know, it's really becoming, uh, I guess, the hub, uh, you know, in its true name um, to support even 2050 visions. Yeah, and I heard that it is also helping a lot of easy visa kind of things as well, like compared to, you know, all developed countries. It's like it's easy to get the visa, like freelancer visas and other options are also available. 
isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So there's some new regulations that have come out within the last 12 months. Mm -hmm. So they've never had this before. So you can now work remotely but live in Dubai. So, for example, you know, you could be um, contracted in Germany or Switzerland, um, you know, and and enjoy the weather and the lifestyle of Dubai. So be still living, uh, working, sorry, with your current employer there, but actually live in In Dubai. And, And they didn't used to have that. Used to be you have to be employed and living here. So I think, you know, innovation and um, methodologies such as this will really enhance the economy and ensure sustainability of of the workforce. Yeah. So, I mean, you have turned your organization a successful one in the shortest span of time. What were the challenges you faced and how did you overcome it in a totally new market and a unique business model? Mm. Yeah, this is a good question. And I think maybe I could pause you there before I answer um, what do you and what do you define as success, though? Because for me, you know, if you don't put your KPIs in place, or and this is probably a learning curve, you know, the first two, maybe even three years of the business, I just went along, you know. And what is success? Because mm. is it, you know, dr- bringing in, you know, um, a six, seven figure to your business? Is it having ten staff? What is success? And I think this is probably one of the learning curves that I had, not mm. defining you know, what my achievements should be for that year. Hmm. So that was certainly something, uh, you know, as a learning curve, defining success. Um, And I think staffing, that was something, again, never coming from a business background, I would be always at the bedside, um, managing smaller budgets if I was in, you know, doing stock for for the department in the hospital, but never, never wages. So that was... Yeah, a couple of points. And my final um, thing is uh, the international marketing. So marketing, so and pricing strategies, you know, working with people from all over the world. Where do, where's my price points? Who mm. do I want to target? Mm. And I, I mean that, of course, your talent, your pricing, your KPIs, um, you know, and also not your success is not defined by just how much your revenue coming up. Of course, you need revenue. But at the same time, how did you grow as a person? And how did you, do, do you grow as a company? Did it define the actual value and, and the complete value proposition and pains and gains? And if everything is well-defined, well-structured. Your talent is happy with you, with your client is happy with you. And eventually money will follow anyway if everything is in place. And that's my personal success definition. You know, and, mm. Mm. Of course, that's why people say it takes first three years to actually survive. And if you survive, you survive. But because... I believed after three years, I believe that it was a real good learning curve for sure, but it was a real good success story as well. You know, mm-hmm. I'm also from a technical background, so I'm not from the sales background. And I've been told that, you know, I might not succeed because marketing required a pure sales skill. And I don't think so. I believe there is a lot of other skill required beyond sales, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think this is where it comes in. You might have to sacrifice, you know, some of your bottom line figure to bring someone in that actually is, has robust skill sets to be able to help you. And that's fine. And that's probably one of my key learnings from having a business coach Mm -hmm. that it's, you know, it's fine not to be a master at everything. Um, And, you know, you, you progress along the way. Yeah. And if you can find the right talent, who can believe in you and you can believe in them and they can supplement you. 
I think it's your success story in that as well. If your team is surviving, and I mean, no war, you can win without army. So, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. As they say, you know, build a high-performing team around you. So, yeah. So, having said that, do you plan to expand your business across geographies? Or if so, which country you would like to first and go and why? Yeah. It's a good question. So, so for my market, and, and I'm always clear with my clients, I'm not in recruitment. So I do offer CV writing, LinkedIn profiles, cover letters, job application support, and of course, personal branding. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not directly in recruitment. Mm-hmm. So I guess from my side, maybe where would I like to expand? Uh, I, I definitely, I work with a lot of international clients already, but perhaps the business model could expand. So maybe I could do outsourcing uh, recruitment in certain countries that I see some potential as the growth, uh, you know, continues. But I really think Dubai and my home country of Australia and probably Canada would be um, the biggest audience pool, I guess, Uh, just because these are the countries that everyone wants to come to. So that's where my clients want information about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a demand and supply situation, just like any other business, isn't it? So Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, that's it. So that's, there you go, why? Because you are thinking about more of a demand than you can supply, yeah? Absolutely, absolutely. And, And I think it's all about, you know, risk mitigation. So if you... And, and time. So not, again, not always financial, but where are you going to invest your time? And mm-hmm. is it going to be a huge risk to losing other business from a financial perspective, perhaps if you derive or focus more time and energy in another area? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm really quite calculated because I have learned the hard way, you know, again, the first few, few years were not extremely profitable, but now I've kind of worked my niche. So yeah. And I I think it is very important. I mean, always people ask, what is your niche? I mean, it doesn't have to be like industry specific, a person is specific, a geographic is specific. It has to have a proper vision. And if you know your vision and you know what exactly your ideal customer is, you'll be looking for the, the journey, journey anyway, you'll be able to offer. But when it comes to your overall branding perception creation about yourself, how do you do that? Like how, where do you see yourself that how people should perceive you? Mm. Yeah, this is a really good question. And I think it's really important. So I think your network is definitely your net worth. I really believe in that. I I have now experienced now. I, I don't really believe in the vanity metrics as they say so for example you know when you're posting content on your LinkedIn you know some people say oh I got 20,000 views and 500 likes you know Mm -hmm. or I have 1 million followers Mm -hmm. okay you know fantastic but where are you funneling this traffic or this you know uh, energy to so is it a website is it you know um, uh, affiliate marketing programs Mm -hmm. Um, but I really do think that if you come across as that you're giving something or helping you will outgrow or outperform someone that is just directly selling yeah. so I have certainly grown I think I'm about 110,000 followers on LinkedIn not that that's a huge uh, number by any means but I have purely got to that level just from giving away free information you know doing talks uh, I really sell 
or give a, a cold sale, maybe maybe twice a month would I offer something. Right. And I've just grown like that. Mm. And like in that sense, which are the actual industry, I mean, which are the particular industry you are targeting or is, you know, what is your key positive achieves, um, you know, would like to mention in your journey thus far? Yeah. It's again, good question. I've probably stepped away from healthcare uh, compared to what I used to. Mm-hmm. Why? Um, probably because the money wasn't there now that I'm, I've got the business hat on. You know, nurses generally aren't ones to spend compared to, say, a senior manager who is in finance or um, some aspiring leader. And and this is what I enjoy doing. So I really enjoy working with people who are motivated and intrinsically uh, you know, determined to, to, to excel. Um, doesn't matter what level, I don't mind. And this is maybe what difference, differentiates my business. I will literally have a Zoom call and research their industry before I even begin writing because I want to ensure that I'm comfortable with their sector. Right. Um, but definitely aspiring leaders, uh, yep. sales and marketing people because they've often got quantifiable metrics to work with. Right. Yeah, that's very nice word you said, quantifiable metrics. Majority of people who works in our industry, it's really biggest challenge for them to quantify that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I I, I know I, what you're talking about. I've seen the pain, people who want to shift towards more of a job-oriented and leadership position. So how difficult it was to succeed in tough market considering there is strong competition, especially in this market scenario? Mm. Um, do you know, there's two different schools of thought. I think you can really ensure that you know your competitors left, you know, right, right and center, inside out, or yeah. you cannot worry about your competitors and be purely focused on your own domain, your own strengths and really build from there. From my perspective, honestly, I my competitors are probably huge organizations such as Hayes Recruitment, uh, Bayet, because they also offer CV writing uh, top CV, um, uh, but yeah. they also offer recruitment. So this is where I'm, I'm completely different. And what I have learned is that I offer a service that these guys don't. Mm. So to ensure that I differentiate myself, I'm really personalized. It's almost a boutique agency. Yeah. Yeah. My customers are my lifelong, not lifelong, but you know, long-term um, mm. mentors, yeah. you know, WhatsApp support. Um, mm. I would refer them personally to someone else on my network. So I really advocate for my job seeker. Yeah. And this is how I probably excelled. Yeah. I mean, it's like a creating a tribe and I have seen you have created a nice community and they have people who are actually doing back and forth communication in your tribe. So, which, which is very interesting to see. Not many people go on that personal level, the, the level you help with people. So right now, what is your two cents before you go for your industry as well as the job seekers? Mm. Well, I think life is not a dress rehearsal. You've got one shot. Yeah. So, you know, make the most of it. And it's okay not to know what you want to do. You can explore opportunities. And I think it's fine to seek help to do so. So mm. don't give up, you know, just keep trying. You never know who, who you will meet along the way and always have a positive mindset. Very nice. Very well said. So, I mean, curious minds should never die. People say that oh, when you want to learn, be a child all the life. You know? I love it, Priya. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining in. It was really a pleasure talking to you. Um, thank you. Really appreciate it. And I'm sure there are a lot of information. 
to know more about you, they uh, all your details. Like I know you are very active on LinkedIn, um, and your other social media also. We will provide in the description. Is that okay? Absolutely, you are more than welcome. Or, or you can reach me at info at impressivecv.com. Thank you, Priya. Thanks. And we will be uh, seeing you more. And you can find out all the details and reach out to the Tisha audience. Thank you so much for joining in. Thank you so much for watching this video. If you liked it, uh, like, comment and subscribe if you haven't already done it. To know more about us, visit www.corporality.global. And also you can find more about Priya Mishra is on priya.sydney.com.